What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Espionage Podcast. I'm Tom Lovejoy. I got Bert. I got Hosey in here. We got everybody hanging out. Guys, say hi. Hola. Cool. So this is our first official episode of this. Uh, we recorded another one a while back, and then we realized it was basically two hours of just rambling and screaming about nothing. I think there was a good solid rant in that one about uh, about band shirts for probably a solid 30 minutes that would have... Uh, given anyone massive brain pain to ever have to listen to again don't expect much more from this one. Oh yeah this one will probably have like, the <laughs> weakest content possible yep 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 so i guess uh since this is the first episode we can just do another little quick intro for everybody introduce you guys to uh to all the to everyone that's on the podcast um you know i'm tom lovejoy i play in a, a band called vatican with hosian uh Obviously, big gamer dude. That's why we're all here. Big Nintendo guy. Love love any game with a bunch of fast moving colors that make kitty squeak sounds. That's totally my fucking childish vibe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then what about uh what about you guys? Give yourself give me a quick two sentence intro. Go ahead, Bert. Um, I started. I guess I met I met them through like promoting uh, bands and stuff in Louisiana. And we became good friends. We had a lot of things in common. Um, I think Hoseon asked me to be a part of this because I started out, uh, when I was a kid, I had basically every console. That's all I really did with my time. Uh, I'd get all the consoles that were out for Christmas or whatever, and then that's all I'd have for the rest of the year. And then I recently, in 2013, built a PC and transitioned into PC gaming. So I have kind of a broad like overview of a lot of things and... Uh, that has done nothing but made me a really bitter, angry old shit. Yeah, once you build a once you build a PC, you just become mad. Not that's even not that. that's not what no, made Bert no, angry. Not that's not what made Bert angry. Bert getting shot in the ass is what made him get angry. Uh, turned him into an angry person. <laughs> that and the just the fucking new consoles shooting themselves in the foot, creating a bunch of underpowered nonsense. And the console war still raging on is what baffled me. I was like, I can no longer defend either, like, Xbox or PlayStation. These Both of these are fucking shit. Bert know? can defend this country, but he cannot defend Microsoft. <laughs> exactly, right? And apparently I couldn't even do that right. All right. So, yeah, that's, that's me. Oh, my God. All right, Hosey, and hit me with it. I guess it doesn't have to be two sentences because Bert took two millennia. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be fair. quick. I'm Hoseon. I also play in the band that Tom was talking about, and I am a big fat gamer. And I started Espionage, uh, all the shirts and all that stuff. Um, if it's not obvious already, I am a big PlayStation fan. I like everything, but I will pretty much die uh, fighting, defending something that you know doesn't matter that much. So, oh, yeah. we know. I, if Hideo Kojima threw an OG <laughs> PlayStation. Off of the Golden Gate Bridge, Hosey would dive in headfirst after it, cradle it deeply before he I don't believe that. in the water. No, I, I feel like Hoseon <laughs> would praise Hideo Kojima for doing that because he seems to be, that's what he, whatever he does is golden. Oh, I, I love this guy more than anything. What Did is it, Hoseon? The, the Hoseon, where does, your, where does your loyalty lie? Hideo Kojima or Sony? Well, Sony hired him now, so it's like. No, 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 that, that wasn't my question. You can only pick one. <laughs> All right, you, I'll you let you know. You die for PlayStation, or, if you, or you die for Mr. Death Stranding. Okay, I'll let you know on the 100th episode. 
Okay, cool. Great. Well, we probably won't even be friends at that point. I'm sure some massive <laughs> there will be some massive argument that will dissolve this friendship completely. Probably an argument over like a total of five bucks. I'm um, about to hear it in about ten minutes. Probably. Oh yeah, probably for sure. Uh, did you guys? <laughs> speaking of uh, Hideo Kojima, did you guys see that big tweet where he was like? It was him describing like all of his oh, job responsibilities. Dude, dude. He, and he, he's he, done that a lot since he, that he, Death Stranding review. He just he just felt like snapping one day, and it just he just went. He's off like, I've done this, I've done this. This is my. This I is program I the game. I scout I the locations. The, I, I the do text. a norm. It's not actually Norman Reedus in the game. I did my own voice impersonation. He I did a mocap of all the ghosts. One of them was about like a character that was not a smoker in the game, but then he saw the uh, the guy who voiced him smoking outside, so he made him like smoke cigarettes in the game. I was like, and, I, and when nobody I saw gives that, a shit. Well, uh, I I wouldn't say nobody, but yeah, look at his Twitter. Everybody cares. Everybody <laughs> obviously cares. I I think stuff like that is probably what makes him a genius, but also probably what makes him, I would imagine, a bit of a nightmare to work for. I don't, know. I don't know why I don't support that behavior more, because I myself am a huge fucking narcissist. I don't know. <laughs> I guess narcissists see other narcissists and just be like, hmm. I did you like say narcissisters? Narcissisters. Oh. <laughs> Me and because my if you did, that's awesome. Me and my girl. <laughs> cool. Right. Well, uh, so out, obviously, as everyone knows, uh, we just had E3 2019 uh, this year, and overall... It was a mix of uh, pretty solid to total horrible dumpster fire, but we each decided we would pick one conference that we uh, that we all felt you know a little bit of spark for, and we would you know each kind of go over one, the good from each one, the bad from each one, and uh, I think Hosian's going to lead off on this one with a little bit of discussion about uh, the Square Enix conversation, which was probably one of the better, uh, definitely one of the better. Uh, conferences of the in, the entire uh, weekend. I mean, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, or anything RPG related, then I think Square Enix probably took took it from there. But um, obviously, the main one is the Final Fantasy VII remake. People finally getting to see a lot more of it, and I think it looks awesome personally. Um, I never beat Final Fantasy VII on PS One because I got really far in the game, and I was playing it later in my life, and I died, and I got game over, and I was like, cool, I'll just start back from the save point, and then I remember you have to save yourself manually in these oh, games. Yeah. And Not Final I, Fantasy IX, though. They got real forgiving on that one. Oh, that's good. Well, I, I was very, very upset, and... I'm trying to decide if I need to just go back and play seven again, or should I, or or should I just like try this and say like, yeah, I know Final Fantasy seven. So like, I'm in I that think, whole thing. So I think I replay it like at least once or twice a year. That's what and, I, the, and the Switch remake really, really. I think it's just the mobile remake as well, but it really helps because there's that fast three times mode or whatever, mm-hmm. and you yeah. can beat the game. Like I got a golden chocobo in under like two hours. It was mm-hmm. so easy. That's pretty crazy. I would uh, I think if if I was you, Hosey, I think I would probably go back through and play, so, uh, some version of the probably one of like like Bird said probably the remake, or not the remake. I mean the the Switch, Switch version, version that's out right now, um, oh. and go back through some of that because because I think the games in the end, the actual gameplay experience is going to be very different 
Um, yeah, it's going to be oh, Final yeah, Fantasy I mean, 15. Sure. Yeah, so it's going to be Final Fantasy I 15, mean, well, and I think... Uh... Oh, go ahead. That's my next thing, is like, there's going to be those people that are, that could be like, oh, well, which Final Fantasy? Is that in the new one or the old one? And then they're going to obviously be like that whole... I think that there's even going to be like a, a divide in Final Fantasy 7 games, uh, whereas people are going to be like, oh, the new one sucks. It's I mean, I've already been hearing about this. I work at a game store. Uh, here in town or a toy store or whatever you want to call it and there's a lot of customers that come in talking about the remake and there's already a ton of people and I noticed them mostly older older like our age or older that are mad about the uh, the free-flowing Final Fantasy 15 combat so versus the uh, more like static turn-based and um, I think that alone is that that just changes the game period too so do you That's why think I'm kinda there's like, an how sh- overwhelming amount of support for like the Final Fantasy 15 combat system? Like, and when I, I say overwhelming, I mean in in contrast to the amount of people that like turn-based games. Hmm. Um, I know a lot of. I think when it comes to my friend group, I think people prefer turn-based, but I think it's an age thing, maybe, or just like a. How much do you love Kingdom Hearts? Okay, but okay, thing. and that that's that's a that's a weird thing to bring up. Not a weird thing, a good thing to bring up because then we can say, okay, and it's an age thing. Do you think this younger generation that didn't grow up playing, you know, Final Fantasy one through twelve or so, um, that didn't grow up playing that, are they that interested? Like, does Final did Final Fantasy fifteen sell very hard with this younger generation coming in? Or are they just more concerned with you know Fortnite shooters and stuff? I don't know. I think I think it did. I think it, I think it did. And um, and I think the combat system in fifteen. And I had not played much of it. I think it's cool. And how I much have th- you played? Not enough to be like, is this game okay. awesome or bad? Okay. But yeah. I but I have played like the combat and stuff. Um, yeah. And I and I think it's cool because I feel like they're trying to like cater towards both audiences because you can kind of like like pause it in a way and like do more of a uh, like tactical style. If but it's like in the settings, it's like you have to like go to the options. Yeah. So when you try to appease everybody, you wind up kind of pissing everybody off. I feel. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta lean. I mean, I don't know if like not to stay stuck on Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I do think... No, it's a big topic. I, I do think... I do think that they know that, and part of the reason why the game is never going to come out ever is because it's like, how do we not... How do we do this in a way where everyone's going to be stoked? And I don't... I think, you think no matter, they made it episodic when they were thinking that? Well, I was talking to my... Uh, because you're about, talking about, like, do I need to replay Final Fantasy VII... Um, just to before going into this, and honestly, you could take two hours out of your day and play the first two hours of Final Fantasy VII, and that's what's going to be the first remake. Do you think the first? I mean, I don't know if the first remake is going to be like here's two hours. My coworker was saying his his uh, theory is, oh, it's going to be like a year in between games. They're going to make a series out is. of Final I Fantasy VII. I believe it is as well. So, and like, I, f- I feel like if it's a year in between games, I feel like they're going to market. They're going to be able to sell it for sixty dollars a piece. That's what I'm saying. They're gonna do like two hundred and forty dollars worth of game. Yeah. So and um, it's. Uh. Basically, I mean, I'm interested. I, 
I have my, you know, my reservations on it. Uh, Square Enix did the episodic thing um, last year and a couple years ago with the Hitman games that they they brought back. And I really? feel like that work. I feel like that works out better because it's like mission based. It's like it's more like centralized per level. Wait, describe that to me. I didn't hear anything about that. Okay, so the first Hitman game, uh, the first Hitman when they like rebooted the franchise, yeah, started out as episodic. So like. Because each level is so massive, you can approach the missions in like a bunch of different ways. So like, you could do a mission, and you can be on that same level for like a week or two, just because there's so many ways to do the missions. There's so many things to do. There's there's other objectives you can do. It's basically like each level of a uh, of Hitman is like playing Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. Yeah. So they did that. And I guess they tried to do that as a way to see if people still cared about Hitman in 2017 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and it did really well. It like it, and that's how they made a sequel because it did so well. So, I what were, the, I, what were each of the episodes sold for? Ten, ten dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love that. I love that. Like, um, uh, Microsoft revealed the pricing for um. The Master Chief Collection, as it comes available, you know, each game is going to be individually available on its own, like, whenever it's ready. And they said each game is only going to be about 10 bucks, which right. is that's huge. Awesome. That's fucking huge, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's kind of my gripe with this episodic thing is, like, how come Final Fantasy 15, how come Kingdom Hearts 3 are all $60 games, you know, hundreds of hours of content? But now your Final Fantasy VII remake, I, they haven't unveiled the price. I could be totally wrong, but I do believe they're going to be forty to sixty dollars a piece and I mean, a year in between. Because they know they can. I'm not saying this is a good thing, but they can milk it. Like this is Final Fantasy VII, a game that is sure, like, and it's it's okay to say I mean, that's grimy. You they know? can they can yeah. milk it, but I think they would be. I think it's a it would be a horrible a horrible horrible bit of judgment on there and to think that they could sell two hours of the original game even if they padded it out to be to equate to eight hours with yeah, new, I was like, say, content I, for yeah. 60 dollars i think i don't think it's i think they're gonna change a possible. lot of it i think they're gonna change a lot of it because if if um if the remake the first uh, episode comes out and all it takes you up to is the end of midgar end of shinra tower um, cause that's all they've shown. They've shown like the scorpion fighting in the Shinra building and then, uh, walking up to like Shinra tower. They've shown nothing past that in the game. And, um, they like that's, so what do you have? You, you have the first, uh, reactor blowing up. You have going back to sector seven or seventh heaven, whatever the fuck it is. You have the market and, um, then you have Shinra tower. You know, that's not a lot of gameplay, but they can pad the living fuck of it. I think they could make the market a five to ten hour experience if they really wanted to stretch it. Because mm-hmm. that has a lot of meat there. Shinra mm-hmm. Tower as well. Mm-hmm. I, think I mean, we'll just, see. We'll just have to kind of... Go ahead. I was just going to say, when you look at like just how the market is right now, I think... Unless this, unless this is like insane, like has an insane amount of extra content per mm-hmm. episode... I don't think there's any possible way for them to sell it for $60 because game budgets keep going higher and higher and higher and higher. And so you would think because of that, like obviously if the cost of the if the cost of development and production is going up, then the cost of the product should be of going course. up at retail. But the cost of 
the product at retail has been at sixty dollars for the for time. years. And That's where you get these season passes. The yeah, and obviously content. everyone's trying to find other new ways of monetizing it with season yeah, passes and subscription content. Absolutely. That's essentially passive income, and that's fine. But I think I could see them selling a sixty or a hundred dollar subscription to this, like to the serve to whatever, however this game comes out, whether it be digital or whatever, to where you can mm-hmm. get all these episodes at this bulk price. But I don't think there's any way unless each episode had. You know, twenty-ish hours of strong, worthwhile content that they could sell it for any more than forty dollars per episode. But I think the whole thing is um, is just shrouded in so much speculation. Because the reality is, outside of you know just what we saw basically in the trailer the other day, mm-hmm. no one knows a single fucking thing about this game. Yeah. Um, but I just think when you look at how the market is, I can't see anyone at that company thinking we can sell four to six episodes of what used to be of what was a 50-ish dollar game and it came out for $60 a piece now um i don't think you can bank on nostalgia pretty hard but i don't think you can bank on nostalgia that hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i mean i'm excited to to kind of keep seeing what they're going to be talking about i think they're going to be quiet with the game for a bit though um but yeah that's that's obviously When's the looking... release was it March? Was it March twenty twenty? I think. Yeah. Could be wrong. I thought so. Sometime around next uh, summer, or a little before. I remember. I mean, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's a uh, March third. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, Final Fantasy related, that I um, well, I mean find it again i'm excited for the crystal chronicles remake um god i that, I, dude. I really okay i what, actually what? really enjoyed crystal chronicles uh when i was in like was it i got grade, in a fist fight over let me tell you why i didn't enjoy crystal chronicles when it came out so like the gamecube was the first system that i owned that was mine i didn't have to share it with anyone it didn't belong to any like feeling. my brother and me and everything right and, so I loved it, and I loved the idea of... I never played a lot of PS1 RPGs when I was younger. I was a li- I felt like I was a little too young to understand what was going on, but I was into Final Fantasy because I would sit with my old best friend and play uh, like through 7 and through parts of 8 with him. Um, so I was interested in the idea of this uh, of like a Final Fantasy game on the GameCube and just a cool, interesting RPG. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand how important not only important co-op was but that you kind of just replay a lot of the same stuff over and over again and that was like and so i rented that game and i just i remember i played through the first section of the game and realized like i like this 30 minutes i spent i will essentially be replaying this same 30 minutes for the next seven days until i can like return this to blockbuster because it's not really going to change and it i remember just that whole concept true enraged me i went back and played it later in life with a couple of friends and i think i enjoyed it way more but that initial experience was so honestly scarring to me uh-huh. that uh it really made me just trust the whole crystal chronicles uh franchise and everything but i am excited to try this especially with like online play and especially if there's any sort of a cross play between what's going on or cross saves between like yeah. especially like switch and mobile Hosey, did they possible. announce any um changes to the game 
Um, I think they just. If I remember correctly, let me. Uh, I'm looking. Because right. my biggest gripe with Crystal Chronicles was the fact that you had to carry that little fucking chalice around, and everybody had to stay in that little circle. Which, if I had more friends at the time that wanted to play this, mm -hmm. and like, I think one, I think you had to have the Game Boy Advance. You did. You wrong? had to have that link cable. Uh -huh. Yeah. Exactly. So like that was horrible. And mm -hmm. then, like, you had to, yeah, somebody was restricted to carry around this fucking chalice. And, like, we got into the big fight. I think the loot wasn't shared either, was it? Like, everybody, if you ever, if you got to the loot first, you got to grab all your shit. Probably sure. so. Yeah, so there was so many things, th so many ingredients for just, like, you and your friends getting fucking mad at each other over this. And, like, I had one other friend with me, and I, I like, he was, he was the kid, the, the most selfish little shit in the world. And we, that was not a good experience. And that was the only, like, he bought it, we go over there to play it, we get to the boss fight, which was the, uh, the, the big green guy with all the, uh, the magic breath dude in Final yeah. Fantasy Seven Whooped our ass, and, like, he starts dying, so he tells me to grab the goddamn chalice so he can run away, and then I die, then he gets pissed off at me for dying, and then I just, I just turn the fucking GameCube off. That was my experience with Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> I, I wanted to love the game, and I might try it again, and I might lose even more friends. I don't know, but I'm interested to see if they make it any less jarring having to carry around that fucking thing. I think that circle is still in the game. Like, you mm -hmm. have to stay within that circle or yeah, whatever. Bring it on. Yep. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how that's going to go, especially if, like, everybody would want to play that. But that's not Dude, super Dude, if we, we could do... An espionage Crystal Chronicle stream. Mm. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. down to check it out. That'd be good. So, yeah. Um, this is the last remaster I'm going to talk about. Actually, maybe not. There's another one. Um, the Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII remaster. So Square Enix is like, here's all the games we're bringing back. Um, Final Fantasy VIII remaster. That's cool. Final Fantasy VIII was the one out of seven and eight that like visually looked cooler to me, and I have not played much of that either. So I'm excited to go, and I might just get this. Um, because I don't know if they... No, they didn't bring that one. They brought 9 to the Switch, didn't they? Yeah, 9. Um, this was the one that where they said that they didn't think they could ever bring it to anything else because they lost the source code. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so I'm interested to hear what they found, if they had to rebuild the code or what. Mm -hmm. um, I saw that, uh, and I said, okay, this is cool. Um, let's see. Anything else in Square Enix's conference that, that like st stuck out? Um Oh, well, the one that I'm most excited for is Dragon Quest Builders 2 because I loved the first one. Um, I actually play that one pretty often, and I played the first world, the first like technical mission or whatever, um, for way longer than I did any other mission because I thought it was just that, and you could like build your town and get it to expand, but then I found out once you move to the next level, you lose everything and you have to start from the ground up again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Oh, this isn't, this isn't the Minecraft like copy thing that I thought it was going to be." Mm -hmm. um, so Dragon Quest Builders Two looks awesome because it's going to be multiplayer and it's going to be more like town focused. I think where you can actually like build your town and be like, "This is like," and keep expanding in 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 um. And I'm excited to do this with friends because the game is really fun. It's it's a it's like a good light time you're not it's not like anything super deep but it's addicting when you're like oh like i want to like get this person to live here and i want to build their room their house up so that's uh 
I'm excited to play that, especially on the Switch, because that's a good like travel game, I feel like. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in trying that, because I tried the demo for the original Builders, and I thought it was kind of fun and everything, but just that, the Minecraft style of gameplay kind of uh, just didn't really do it for me. But I think uh, the the multiplayer in this, I could see this being like a fun uh online thing or like especially like a fun like couch co-op kind of thing i guess like you know two switches sitting in the room together especially mm-hmm. when we're on tour dude and we have like time to kill that's something i could see myself diving into with someone that i could never right. uh barrel into a home the um, whole time i was playing dragon quest builders one i was thinking man this would be so much funner with someone else because i like minecraft that's like yeah. what that's I, dragon quest is my <clears throat> my favorite like square thing so i was already into that but I do like Minecraft, and I was like, dude, Dragon Quest plus Minecraft, I never thought this would ever be a thing, and so I got it, and the whole time I was doing that, I was like, damn, like, I wish I could, like, build this, like, town with someone else, like, helping me or whatever, so, um, the second one looks a lot to be more of, like, freedom with doing stuff like that, so, I am definitely looking forward to that. I think, Um, uh, one thing that, uh, we would be mistaken to not talk about from square is definitely the last big reveal of the uh the marvel avengers game oh boy and i've got i've got some big thoughts on this game <laughs> Let's hear it. okay so uh like i'm probably out of the three of us like the comic book guy um yeah. so this was like before e3 this was the game i was the most excited to hear about the one where i was like this is going to be the game that uh, changes the planet, that, ta- that really terraforms Mars into something that we yeah. can uh, inhabit. And after watching the first trailer, uh, I wasn't 100% turned off. Mm. But at the same time, uh, I felt, I, I just had, I felt like just a, <laughs> like this giant pit formed yeah. in my stomach. And so I, I obviously there's been, for anyone that follow the, that's like followed the news cycle since E3, there's been a good bit of controversy about the character mm-hmm. design because obviously they can't use the likeness of all the the MCU actors and they can't use voices that sound similar because they would have to pay so much money to license these people's likenesses. Um, so it was gonna look different. Uh, and it but was it gonna looked sound like different. they were trying to. That thing is, is you sucked. you could tell that they had that they had to make a conscious effort yeah. to go in a different direction. And I understand that because legally they would have to do that. Absolutely. That and because that's to do anything else is risking millions and millions of dollars. So I yeah. get that, but um I just think it's so like having this game come out so soon after one of the biggest films of our generation um with all of these actors in it. There's no way people aren't going to notice. And then they spent a long time just with, like, they have top-tier voice talent in this game. But the whole this whole presentation, they spent all this time talking about the voice talent. Kind <laughs> of talking about the story and not talking about the story at all and showing zero gameplay. Yeah. Showing a few seconds of third per All you know is that this is a third-person game, a third-person action game. So... I, it just left a bad taste in my mouth, but the one thing that might have saved it for me was, so the whole thing takes place on the West Coast. They say that they're opening up the West Coast branch of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. In the comics, the West Coast Avengers are this kind of like, right now they're kind of this goofier version of the Avengers, but in the Spider-Man game, you see Avengers Tower, and if you look if you look at the Spider-Man game, the art styles are vi- and character design are super similar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in the Spider-Man game, you see Avengers Tower, and at one point, uh, there's some dialogue asking where the Avengers are and why they're not involved in the Spider-Man story, and it says because they're busy on a mission on the West Coast, which to me like implies like oh these games could exist in the same universe now, even though they're by different developers, these games exist in the same world, and that oh, that's cool, and that is interesting to me because I like I know Hosey and you didn't yeah, really play through that much of Spider-Man yet, but um, and Bert, I'm not. I know that you played through all of it or most of it, but I yeah. really, I really loved that game. I thought yeah. um, it was a great, not 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 incredible, but like it was a really cool version of that character and his story and his story arc and everything with Doc Ock. I thought it was a cool. I thought way it to had like, perfect mechanics. I thought yeah. the Spider-Man game was as perfect as you could execute a Spider-Man game. It just got a little monotonous, like, halfway through. Oh, yeah, because you're basically even... fighting the same kind of enemies forever yeah, until you get past Mr. Same, Negative and, and get to the Sinister You're grinding sticks. the same resources with the same monotonous side missions. Like, that, like, you had to do that because you wanted all this cool shit. Yeah. But doing it, like, I, it just bored the shit out of you after a while. But yeah. the game was perfect. Like, the game was so fucking cool, like, outside of all that. They just... They didn't sh- score well enough, like, the meat and potatoes in between everything didn't land a little ways through the game. And a lot of games have a problem with that when they're trying to tell a really compelling story. It's not a movie, so you have to provide really fun gameplay in between. Yeah. And um, a guy a guy said a long time ago, I was watching a video documentary about Halo, and the guy said, he was like, Halo has only about 28 seconds of fun. You know, okay, you're going around the corner, you try to get a headshot with a pistol, uh, have a sticky grenade, I can stick this guy. Like, all of those elements of Halo, like boarding a fucking ghost driving by, it pile it all together, cram it all together, it's about 28 seconds. How do we make 28 seconds last to a 10 to 15 hour campaign or 100 to 200 hours of multiplayer gameplay? That is really fucking hard, I imagine. Yeah, so that's for a what crazy it's worth, like, that. For what it's worth, like... Those Spider-Man developers and uh, what was it, Insomniac? Yeah. Fantastic fucking job with the game. Holy shit, that was an awesome game. But we can have our gripes with it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, like, I'm biased to it because I love Spider-Man as a character so much. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, uh, we had, me and Hosey, and I remember one night we had a really long conversation about this and just open world games in general with our friend Dave Updike. Yeah. And he had brought up a great point. He's like, you love this he's like you have so much uh attachment agency with these characters already that's why this game affects you like this but if you take that away and you compare it to other open world games that are out right now the open world mechanics don't hold up the same way like the core of the game is good but um all the other stuff that makes open world games fun all the side stuff starts to feel kind of monotonous and he's not wrong because you're looking for backpacks you're chasing fucking pigeons mm-hmm. and and that's fine because <laughs> spider-man I, I like that because i'm like oh this is stuff that spider-man does he's not he's not this big cosmic superhero he's a he's a yeah. guy from fucking queens um but i get why that seems so boring to so many people but um that's like the that's the the one thing that saved the idea of this avengers game for me because. You know what I think did a fantastic job of that? What? The Batman games, the Arkham games, oh, specifically yeah. the Riddler uh, side quests. Those yeah. were legitimately fucking fun and challenging. Um, like all the riddles hidden throughout the game. Like you just come across them and, oh, there's this crazy-ass side quest right here. I, I loved it. And I think what those I loved about the Batman there's... games. 
Okay. Uh, I don't think Spider-Man did this as well. I think Spider-Man included majority of its villains and all this crazy shit like into the main storyline. But Bat the Arkham games, like all these crazy villains and stuff from the comics were part of the game, but they were side quests. You could do them optionally, and they each had their own individual uh, storylines and areas and all this crazy shit it built into the city. Um, I think they did a fantastic job with that because it was very fresh. I never got like bored with it or anything. Yeah, and I think uh, the the Spider-Man game, as much as I love it, just falls too much into like the Ubisoft-style trappings of doing open-world games. Like You 100%. find the tower, you see everything Assassin's else. Assassin's Creed, yeah. Yeah, there's a radar that leads you to every individual waypoint for every side mission. And like you said, the, the side missions that do involve other characters are kind of uh, whatever by comparison. And there's ones that don't... There's, ones that seem like they don't lead to anything like there's this big i don't want to harp on this game forever but there's this big hole there's this whole big thing with the taskmaster who's kind of a, a b-list villain in marvel comics and it seems like it just doesn't go anywhere but that might tie into this avengers game is what it sounds like too from the things that i'm reading so i hope that if if that ties in and that story ends up being interesting and that can like save that game for me, but I feel like no one can really make any big judgments on it until we see more gameplay outside Absolutely. of thirty seconds of gameplay on it. It definitely felt very empty when yeah. I was watching it. Yeah, I was uh, I was reading about it, and um, a lot of people that were hesitant about it um, came back and they were like, you know what, I'm actually gonna kind of keep keep up with it. So we'll see. Um, according to a uh, a guy I watch on YouTube, uh, Yang Yeah, he was saying yeah. that um, he he watched the demo behind closed doors, and he said, "Oh, each character plays like something you kind of are familiar with already, like um, was it Captain America and uh, uh, Black Widow are kind of like in an Arkham style gameplay, Batman, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Thor. He was just like straight up God of War four. That's that's all I'm going to say. It's exactly that. He's like it's yeah. exactly God of War." Um, yeah. And then he said Hulk is like really fun, big, can pick up anything, smash things, do a lot more kind of stuff with the level itself. So, um, yeah, so I was like, okay, well, if they can make every character fun to play, not just like, oh, you're playing the Hulk part, well, this sucks, I want to hurry up and do this and go back to the Thor part. Like, if they can do it all fun, then I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, not a lot of things feel like the uh, wolf missions in Twilight Princess. I have God, faith that the game will have good mechanics <laughs> and good ideas. I just think that they made a mistake of focusing so much on, on the presentation of the game. Yeah. Um, too 100%. early. Uh, just because it, 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 they're still going to have to... They're sitting in the wake of in-game, and that's uh, that's going to be a hard hole to dig out of. But Yeah. Yep. And we should so. probably get off this, otherwise I'll go on some comic book rant for like a fucking hour. So. I'm pretty much wrapping it up as far as Square Enix. I'm just going to go ahead and name the other ones. Um... The Trials of Mana collection that was cool. I didn't see that coming. Um, pretty yeah, pretty crazy. Um, I like I like those games. Um, Secret of Mana is fun. Um, the Last Remnant remastered that was a uh, that was interesting to see. Yeah, or you're the PC guy here, so the Final Fantasy fourteen Shadowbringers thing. I don't know what you think about that. If you Yo, play that game, I I I got a lot of friends that play fourteen. They fucking love it. Mm-hmm. I respect the fuck out of what Square did with Final Fantasy XIV because it initially released, and it was a hot mess. It was broken garbage. 
and oh they, yeah i remember when everybody was pissed off about that yeah game. absolutely yeah. and they they just took it down and they were like you know what we're we're gonna unfuck this and they came out with a realm reborn and everybody loves it now so they had a great they had a great way of explaining it in the story too where they're just really? like yeah the basically what they said is uh um when like a realm like when a realm re- reborn starts they say yeah like uh the planet blew up it's just <laughs> everything. Nice. Yeah. Every single thing died. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah, so you're yeah, just like, kind of you kind of start in this kind kind of post apocalyptic version of it. I have a friend who's really deep in it. He, he I was watch, I was on his Instagram the other day and he was posting about. It. He's like, I went to 14 weddings today. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I went to 14 Final Fantasy 14 weddings today. That's tight. Dude, I, I love when a company can be like, hey, we we fucked up, and we're gonna fix it. You know that rarely happens. And when it does, it's beautiful, and they really pulled it off. Like, everybody I know that plays 14 just won't stop singing its praises. This so. is why people are all about it, and because uh, Square really owned up to it. Unlike like with Bethesda this year, they kind of started their whole presentation Fallout saying, 76. yeah, we kind of screwed up on Fallout 76, so Fuck we, fi- yeah. we, we fixed it by giving Royale you Battle Royale. Fallout 76, we fixed it by playing, putting Johnny Cash in this trailer. Fucking That's hell, our whole man. move. Um, Falling so hard. Yeah, that's cool about Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, there was Scarlet Grace, which I don't remember that one, but it sounds new, so it's probably worth checking out because I like when new things are announced, not like sequels or remasters or whatever. So I'm gonna look into that later. Um, but a lot of Final Fantasy stuff, obviously, you kind of expect that with yeah. Square. Um, um, and later on, we could talk about like the other conferences a little bit um touch on because yeah. everyone had at least something to like kind of like everyone had at but, least um, one good thing but there was also i think there's there some real toil- toilet action here i think there was some insane um i think this year's e3 was outstanding yeah there, i thought, there was there, I thought the good outweighed the fuck out of the bad and the bad was almost expected like with fallout 76 um you know like with uh what was it ea's conference Mm-hmm. They, the Star Wars game looked great. I loved the fuck out of what they gave uh, Apex for. I'm a huge Apex fan, so I'm a little biased. Twitter was blowing up about Apex. Twitter was mad as fuck at the uh, respawn for what they're doing with Apex. I'm like, what the fuck are you mad about? They're they're fixing things. Like they're 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 giving you all this extra content. They're listening to what you're saying about the rewards and the battle pass. Mm-hmm. They're they're really like bringing big changes to it, and everybody's just bitching. Change that's is one scary, thing I'll Bert. Say, that's one thing I'll say. I, like, a lot of my friends, when people started growing up and getting families and kids and stuff, a lot of people stopped wanting to come over and play video games till 3 a.m., wanting to stop talking video games. They're not playing or buying video games as much anymore. And I wanted to reconnect with, like, the video game world. So I, like, started a Twitter that was just, like, I only follow developers and video game people and stuff like that. Some streamers that I really like. Um, So in doing this... Now I see the Twitter side of the video game world, and I realize it reminds me of 2003 game FAQs, and that was cancer. And it's it's just as horrible now because there's just negative dog shit everywhere, you know? And I, I kind of, like, just take it for what it's worth. But it's fun because when, like, the 343, and we'll get to this later, but when Halo Infinite didn't come out with uh, fucking uh, gameplay... Like, Bonnie Ross was tweeting, like, I'm so proud of all the hard work and stuff we've been uh, on with this. And people, there's one fucking clown. He was like, I don't know what you're proud about because we didn't see a single thing of gameplay. 
and I and I responded to him and I love like using big words and acting like an adult to these people who realize oh wait I wasn't an adult and now I'm a child now I look like a fucking idiot so they try to act like they're an adult now but I come at home I'm just like she's probably you know she's the head of the studio so she's probably proud of the years of work she's overseeing the developers putting in that the gameplay they see every day but they don't owe that to us the game's a year and a half out Jesus fucking Christ and um then, like, they have nothing to say because they realize their f whole fucking comment was just complete asinine. So, uh, I kind of like Twitter. I kind of like Twitter because I was the 13-year-old on Game FAQs just raging at people. And now I get to do that with more vocabulary and stuff. And it makes me happy as I sit in my fucking home eating wings all day and not amounting to anything in life. But I get to do that. So, that's that's where my Twitter adventure started. Well, that's going to be our angry or 2 minutes of psychopathic angry Bert for this episode. I'll probably sure, we don't have we'll to probably do edit in some gunfire in the back. Oh, so, um, let's uh let's move on to and we can Yeah, well, while we're there talking about Halo, why don't we hit this uh this Microsoft Microsoft. Discussion. Okay. So, I made a uh, I made a story on Instagram basically saying watching the Microsoft conference every year is like watching uh, LSU football, you know they're gonna just, like, shoot themselves in both feet with, like, 30 rounds apiece. You know they're just about to completely fuck it all up. But you're hopeful. You, because I, I like, I, I was a huge original Xbox fan. I am a huge Halo fan. Like, the best years of my gaming life have been spent on, like, Zelda and Xbox. I mean, Zelda and Halo. Like, I will never forget the amount of the fun times I've had on Halo. And, like, everybody shits on the Xbox One now and Microsoft because it's the cool year. It's the cool time to, like, PS4. But these motherfuckers were playing the fuck out of the Xbox 360. You know, it had superior everything. So this is... It's just funny how these, like, console wars fluctuate. But, um... I... So I'm hopeful for the Xbox conference. I sit down. Um, you know, what do they... I forget what they opened up with. But, uh... I guess we can talk about, you know, the Halo Infinite deal. Mm -hmm. So 343 royally fucked everything up with Halo. With yeah. the title, it started with the title update in Reach. And everybody was really mad about that. And then on to Halo 4. I personally really liked Halo 4's campaign because I've read all the Halo books. And it finally brought like a decade's worth of Halo book lore to the game. Like, it, it, they finally came together with the didact being awakened and stuff. The the ending was shit, but I really liked how compacted the game was. It was all it all took place in a very small amount of time, and I obviously don't like the fact that they brought the didact back in the comics uh, directly after that just to have him die again, which was pretty ridiculous. But if you look at the Halo Infinite trailer, they go back to it almost looks like Chief's original Mjolnir Mark V armor. I saw and that. Three, and three four three has said over and over again they're like. We're going to go back to a more humble Halo. We're going to go back to what people enjoyed. Reach had the best customization in any Halo, and they said they're going to really look at Reach's uh, customization for the Spartan and the multiplayer, and that's huge. They're listening to that fan feedback. So they basically this said, is... we're going to look at the other reasons why people like Halo and do exactly. that. Exactly. They're, they're well, like, hey, we're going to listen to you guys. Like, we're, we're going to, like, Halo 5 was so fucking cringe. Halo 5, like, the Spartans walk out, and they're, like, slapping hands and all this dumbass shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is this arena football nonsense? Like, this isn't Halo. Just give us some Spartans. Put us in. We don't need a reason why we're there. We don't need to know, oh, we're training on the Infinity. We don't need to know that shit. 
just put us in the fucking map and make it Halo. But Halo 4, Halo 4 not so much, but Halo 5, almost every single map was this, like, cityscape. What happened to the waterworks? What happens to the Blood Gulch, the Valhalla, where, like, vehicles were everywhere? Like, that was Halo, like, actually being able to utilize vehicles and having all these weapons, power weapons that could take out and control the enemy team's vehicles and stuff. Everything about it, like, was ripped from its fucking soul with Halo 5. But what sucks about that is Halo 5 had some of the best support. So, like, it, um... Because they knew they fucked up with Master Chief Collection. So, like, Halo 5 had free DLC, constant DLC. Uh, the unlockables were uh, very reachable. You could only play a few games and get a gold package and get all these uh, legendary items. Halo 5 had some good stuff. That's why 343 is on such thin fucking ice, because they've done a lot, and now they're saying, hey, we're going to like start listening to you guys. So that's huge, because they have done a lot of good, but they have done a lot of fucking bad. Right. So it's almost like they get one more fucking chance. And based on the trailer, it does almost seem like Cortana might not be... Because at the end of Halo 5, she's like, she's the new fucking villain almost. Like, she's gone into rampancy and now it's all everything against Halo 5. It's everything against Cortana. And all the fucking players are like, we don't want that shit. We didn't want to play as this other Spartan you just made up for 13 fucking levels out of fucking 16 or whatever. And now we don't want to fight Cortana. And it, it, it was all shit. So... I'm hopeful for it. That was huge. And if you look into it, the detail in Chief's armor is outstanding. So all these people saying that uh, the graphics were horrible or something like that. No, dickhead. It's just them reverting back to a better, a more humble fucking Halo experience. I, that's I Halo. That. I mean, I mean, you're the you're one of the guys that I know that's super super Halo man. So like, I think. I think that um, if you're hopeful about it, then I'm going to be, on, I'm be outstanding. I'm on board with it. I think it'll be outstanding. Um, they haven't had a Halo. Uh, it's announced next next holiday season. Uh, going to be a launch title for Scarlet and uh, also for the Xbox One, which is going to be a weird kind of thing. I don't know if it's going to be like Wii and GameCube, I believe it was, where like things are being released for the xbox one scar or not the xbox scarlet and then the xbox one as well and is that going to keep it from being you know so great on pc because a lot of things a lot of times when you got game developed for consoles and it gets ported to the pc or something pc version suffers now you have a fucking port that's being developed for the pc but it's also being developed for this brand new console and it's also going to be developed for a console that came out in 2013 that was underdeveloped then so I'm really I mean, uh, curious that, that, as to how that affected. That that's kind of been how like PS like every after every PlayStation like cycle they would still mm -hmm. put out games and then they would like eventually like slow it down and it just absolutely like and that's that's one thing Sony has done great is the amount of support they give to their previous consoles because their previous I mean, consoles did so well so why not support them you it, know like it was in one of those situations like where like. I got reminded of how good they were with doing that because I had no idea Persona Five came out on the PS3 mm -hmm. until Jeez. recently. Yeah, it was right. a and I was like, "Are you fucking initially. That's yeah. And I was like, it. "Are you?" Oh I'm, yeah, I, I didn't know so, that because I think that's what uh, Meechum played it on. And, and Metal Gear Solid Five was on PS3 as well, and I was like, "Jesus, like, okay, I didn't. I'm I'm not gonna play it on that, but like, cool that it that's you know a thing. what's funny so, like, about that. I don't think it's. Like, obviously, it was a much, much lesser experience. But 
what's funny to think about is back in the day when there was PS2, Xbox, and GameCube, the GameCube games that would come out would be a completely different experience. A completely I mean, different kind of, game than Xbox. Oh, yeah, I mean... Like different Definitely. levels, like different levels, different oh, yeah. guns and everything, but it'd be the same game. It's all, It was almost like a hardcore mobile port from the Xbox and PS3, PS2 versions, and then there I was mean, the GameCube version that was just complete shit. One, it would, the same thing with the Wii. I mean, like the Force Unleashed on the Wii is way different from the Force Unleashed on the Xbox. Really? God, yeah, oh, yeah, it's every, like, it, 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 very, it looks... Very different. It looks like Disney Infinity with like yeah. Force Unleashed combat. I was like, okay. That's fucking hilarious. Um, um, so, but yeah. that was... Uh, I don't even remember what topic we were on. Microsoft. Talking about Halo, yeah. Microsoft. Okay, so it all came back around. So they talked a lot about Gears 5. That's I, what I'm super pumped about. I'm really excited Gears. about... And Gears 4 and, like, uh, Gears... Gears has been a Play Anywhere title for a, a hot minute now. Like, they've had their previous titles on PC. So now bringing Gears 5 launching on PC will be really fucking sick. Um, also Gears 5, the way they're doing the campaign, uh, where you have a old girl who's like kind of in a battle within her head and it almost looks like some, um, uh, Kerrigan shit, uh, from Starcraft where like she was the Terran. I want to say that became like the Zerg queen or whatever. Mm -hmm. And in the trailer, it shows the main chick, like kind of battling within herself and everybody. And then it shows her like transforming into the locust queen, which looks fucking crazy. So I think the story will go like a lot of fucking places. I'm really excited. Uh, I, I don't even remember if I finished the gears four campaign. Cause I kind of fell off at judgment. Cause that was a horrible game, but um, I want to replay them. I want to replay the gears and kind of get back into the story. Cause five looks really sick. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, uh, Xbox favorite of mine is gears like i i, I have that was one good, of the gems good fucking memories playing uh especially with my brother like we played i remember we beat like gears one and two in like a day or two or something we just like mm -hmm. like co-op like uh story mode of that standing man co -op, yeah. Yeah, incredible co-op games I, I have more memories with gears than i do a lot of the games that i played yeah. growing up because of like how fun like you're it's like when you're not playing it you think about playing it you know I don't know what it was about Gears and certain multiplayer games back then that made the multiplayer work so fucking well. Like, yeah. they, and, like, not a lot of games were that fucking gruesome, and if they were, they weren't that mechanically refined. Like, everything, like, getting sniped, like, sniping somebody's head off in Gears as they were, like, poking out or something was the most... And, uh, active reloading. The active reloading mechanic was one of the best things ever because it took something so simple as reloading your weapon into its own little mini game that was just, hey, hit it at this spot in the slider, and it made all the difference in the fucking world. Oh, and it's like I, it's like a it's it's like a little it's like a mini game in a game. Yeah, well, that's that's a mini game. It was cool. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I see um, it. When I whenever I, whenever I reload, I'm like, oh yeah, now my bullets are about to fuck you up. <laughs> I, I loved it like and it like the everything about it the little sound effects the uh the voice the voice like line after you get it or whatever uh, that's what made like the game so perfect those little things like when you got a headshot with dom and he would say like sup bitches or something like that like it wasn't oh, too dude, common, yeah where it was <laughs> that gritty that fucking hardcore and that came out around the same time as 300 which another thing like everything like things like that were not 
we weren't as desensitized to them as we are now. Like, if I see something like that, it's just this, like, hyper-masculine nonsense. I'm almost just kind of like, dude, I've had enough of it. I don't know if it was, like, my generation that came back from war and just, like, everything was about war and we're officially the thank-me-for-my-service people, but I don't know what did it, but that was perfect for its time. And now it's kind of like a lost child trying to find its way, and that's why I think Gears 5 looks really good, is they might they might be doing it a little better. They might be doing it well. I don't know. They're they're finding that branch between, you know, how what's too much and what's, like, a good amount of grit. I mean, it looks like from with Halo and Gears of War, it's like those, like, they kind of, like, saw the big picture now, and they're kind of like, okay, okay, like, let's... Let's go like let's not necessarily go backwards, but like let's yeah. do the right thing. Sometimes going backwards now. is huge, yeah, because sometimes you put way too fucking much and you want to undo it all, just delete it all, and that looks like what they're really uh trying for. So another big one in the Microsoft conference, I shat my fucking pants when the Blair Witch reveal came on. Not because ah. it was Blair Witch, and I still have my comments about that, but it looked like another Condemned. It looked yeah, Condemned Criminal Origins sick. was one of the sickest fucking two couple of games I've ever played. And I actually just picked one up at the game store the other day. Um, and it was amazing. Like, that was another game that was just like, holy fuck. Like, you, this really feels like I'm beating somebody over the head with a pipe I just ripped off on the building, you know, next door or whatever. It looked and, awesome. Uh, I, I thought it was another one of those, you know. Mm -hmm. So, it said Blair Witch. The only reason I'm excited for it is because the gameplay does look really fucking scary. I'm a huge fan of really terrifying games and really, like, heavy games like that make me feel like like Fatal Frame even. If there if you didn't have a weapon in this Blair Witch mode and you there the game was more to it than shooting and attacking things, I'd be all about it. The only thing that scares me of it is it looks like a walking simulator. It looks like a four, three, four-hour experience, maybe, where you uncover the secret of the Blair Witch, and it's just scary. So I want it to be more than that. I want it to be more something in the vein of a Condemned or something, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, I know a lot of people, the fucking Flight Simulator announcement, that was crazy. Yo, Minecraft Dungeons. That looks really fucking sick. I hear a lot of, I like... I personally, my opinion on the game is fine. Like, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, that's just another thing in the Minecraft world that, like, Minecraft introduced a lot of things to a, a new audience, and I think this type of gameplay can do the same for, like, like little kids or something. They're, like, playing, like, a type of, like, top-down RPG game, and I think it's cool. I'm, I'm not, like, jumping to get it or anything, but I do think... There's a lot of people that are like, this looks so stupid, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it, it existing doesn't hurt you, man. So, like, let, like, I think it's cool that they're doing that. So, like, my but opinion like you is, just said, you Yeah. Like you said earlier, was that, like, or somebody said earlier, kids can, you know, obviously play Zelda and think that it's geared towards Zelda and stuff like that, but, like, adults can get just as much out of it, if not more. So, Minecraft Dungeons, like, it's simply a four-player co-op dungeon crawler. You know, it almost looks like Minecraft Dark Ages or something. Like, it looks absolutely fucking sick. And they, it looks like they did it in a very fun way with the little animated key you have to pick up and bring to the door. Like, it's only... I wouldn't play it by myself. But having three friends that we can pick this game up for hopefully, like, 20 bucks or something and all just go nuts on it, it's going to be a fucking... It's going to be a blast, you know? Hopefully That's where games like these, team. like, thrive for adults is just... Is not in the the single player stuff. It's like yeah, ha it's like reliving four player like 
you know, split screen sleepovers when you were a kid. Absolutely. So yeah. I think the and game could be cool for that. It's an interesting way to like introduce younger people into like, you know, Diablo style mm-hmm. combat and Diablo style games. Cool idea. I definitely would not play this uh by my like by myself. Oh no, no, this isn't something you know? that screams oh, I want to grind into this, you know, by myself. I'm not mm-hmm. it's not that, but like you look at games like Deep Rock Galactic that came out, I wanna say last year. I would never play that game by myself in a heartbeat. It's you you land in this mine and you dig into it and you've got to use like it's class based and you got to use, you know, your abilities and stuff to go find different resources and then you get out and there's little bugs in the ground that you fight and that's it. You do it over and over again and upgrade your guy. Fuck that by itself with my friends. It was the best game I played last year. It was the funnest experience and that's that's everything, you know? So uh um that's why that's what i see for minecraft dungeons and that's what you got games like destiny you got games like the division that are not fucking fun and they're absolute bullshit by yourself you know everybody's just like oh you got to play with other people you got to play with other people okay got it or whatever you know but those games are simply like oh god those games are simply fun because you could take four people, four of your friends, go outside and see which one can hit a tree with a rock over and over again. And that's a blast because you're with your fucking friends. So nothing is cool because, oh, they're your friends or whatever. But there looks like some legitimate substance to Minecraft Dungeons. And like you said, the Diablo games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There looks like some actual shit to do other than, you know, defend missions left and right and Destiny. I know the raids got a lot of attention and I, I didn't fuck with Destiny after the beta because absolute shit like they 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 really missed the ball on it um did you want to hit on the skywalker saga because i know you said that was really huge and that's one microsoft had announced right right yeah i think um that new lego star wars is actually kind of cool idea um they talked about how um much different it is in previous lego games uh one being like it's no longer like a fixed camera angle you're it's like over the shoulder it's going to be an open world flying from planet to planet um oh first of all it's not a it's not a remake of all the games put together it's a according to what i read like even the previous episodes are not going to be replaying missions from the older star wars games it's going to be like all new levels and all new like stuff so um the fact that it's uh like an open world thing is also kind of cool to me you can go between movies you don't have to follow like a like a a set structure or whatever um but yeah i do think it's i'm interested to see how well they implement like getting in a ship and just flying to planet to planet seamlessly so i think the lego game is needed something new and i think people that are already big fans of the lego games are probably a lot more excited about it too so well, luckily it. for everybody else, we're getting the ultimate Lego game in uh, in Forza Four. Yeah, right. <laughs> see, see, that's see that the Star Wars sick. Lego game. That's cool. That that's gonna be awesome. But <laughs> this is the, this is the real content that people need to talk about. This Just... is the stupidest. <laughs> this is the stupidest idea since making a Pepsi Man game. And I disagree. I almost went and bought. Um, I almost drove off and bought an Xbox One as soon as I saw this announcement because I was like, this is so stupid i love how bad of an idea this is you take the most realistic car simulator whatever like that like we have right now out of all the major chains and you 
fuck, and you put Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts in it. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, so I don't know if you know or not, but Forza, um, Forza Motorsport is the Gran Turismo-esque uh, Forza. Yeah. It's Forza Motorsport is the very uh, mechanical, very, like, realistic racer sim. Forza Horizon is much more arcade. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I didn't those know are, that. Yeah, those are much more, like, Need for Speed-esque and shit, you know? So, like, just like Le- uh, Lego, uh, the Skywalker saga, it's this huge change. Hosiana and I were talking about this before. It's this huge change that, like, um, that n- the series needed. Because we've all played the Lego games, and, again, like, the reason... Maybe it was like what Dave said, like, the reason you're so invested in it is because you love these movies and shit. So they can deliver to you the same game as long as they slap Batman on it, as long as they slap The Hobbit on it and all this shit, because you want to play these experiences that you're attached to in the LEGO games. Because the LEGO games are fun, but again, how do you make that fun stretch out 15 fucking games? So I think just like they needed a change, I don't mind dumbass fucking decisions like this LEGO, um... Lego Speed Champions expansion in Forza Horizon because mm-hmm. it's just an expansion and uh, it's it's just a fun extra thing to do and, and I and I love like just fucked up shit people throw in there to like change the game up. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. It's a great bad idea. This is this is go. equally as funny as when the first Mario Kart 8 DLC was just three uh, was it Mercedes cars? Yeah. There's there <laughs> it's it's in between that and Horse Armor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget Horse um, Armor. A couple of things so, I want to hit on in, in the Microsoft thing yeah. are Crossfire X, whatever that is. People say this game's finally coming. Like, we're bringing it here. It already has a 65 million, uh, like 65, no, 650 million people have already played this game. I remember saying, who the fuck are the <laughs> 650 million people that have played this game that I have never heard of in my life? Yeah. Where do these people uh, exist? It's, it's the board game, isn't it? It's a board game? Maybe all, I thought it was no. like some weird Cross shooter. Fire! <laughs> if it was literally that, if that's what it was, then that that's a tight. that's yeah. I'll, I'll I'll pre-order I'll put down the full pre, like pre-order purchase right now. It's, that's next to the Lego Speed Champions. <laughs> That'd be sick. Also, uh, Hosian's uh, top game of 2020, day one by Gears Pop. Let's uh, yep. let's talk, Hosey. Give me give me 30 <laughs> seconds on why you're excited for this game, and uh, starting now. And what, and why, why it's going to be your game of the year, and why you're selling your Switch to afford a copy of this? Go. I forgot to tell everybody that this is actually Tom's first and last episode on the podcast. <laughs> um, That's fine. <laughs> so Gears Pop looks like it's probably the reason why anyone would buy an Xbox. <laughs> That's all I have to say. All right. Jesus, got it. <laughs> Good. Tom, I, let Tom shit on Microsoft from now on. I think I'm going to make Gears pop. He's he's shirts. good at it. You did, oh, man. <laughs> See, I don't even like hate Microsoft. Like I don't own an Xbox One, but uh honestly, looking at like the slate of stuff this year made me want to get one at this point. No, and maybe like, maybe you want to go back through some of the games cuz it's not an ex- like to get like an Xbox One S, it's not a big investment no. and and There's you some get cool stuff. original Xbox games with it, Xbox 360 games. I mean, yeah, I like want all it. The backwards compatibility. I want it because shit. of the because how cheap the Games Pass is. You can like, I can yeah, play and the, Gears the Games for Pass thing. Yo, and the Game Pass, Pass thing is getting is better. Yeah. And that that's the that's the real selling point. I and think. the beautiful part about it is, 
all these fucking like Sony winning this generation, like this console generation, that's the reason Game Pass is doing so well and so like well out there. Like it's a dollar a month right now after yeah. uh, E3 and shit. That's fucking insane. It's cool. Like the amount of games, like my buddy Colin just bought that game Void Bastards. I want to say it was like four dollars. It was made in uh, the vein of like Bioshock and System Shock and stuff, which I'm a fucking clown for System Shock and. I played like I got I downloaded a uh, fucking Game Pass for one month, one dollar, and I got that game, the Wolfenstein, all the gear, it's everything. There's so much shit, that's how and I do. that's because they, they they the competition. That's why I fucking love like competition. I love the fact that Sony is doing so well because mm, everything's cheap as shit on my end, you know. Yeah, I think it's I think the Game Pass thing is great. I think Microsoft is like people will look back on this generation for them in a few years and be really excited about some of the innovation they brought to it and how they really did everything that they, they put real concerted effort into rec- into recovering in the back half of the system's life, especially yeah. with like buying developers, you know, mm-hmm. um, what they're doing with like smaller in like indie developers buying that. That's really interesting. That's um, them buying yeah. double fine. That's massive. And, uh, I think that's crazy even. And it's awesome because like, Psychonauts 2 is so still no, going to yeah, come Psychonauts to PS4. Is, and that's great. I think Psychonauts is such an incredible game. Mm-hmm. And Double Fine's made some other great games too. But obviously Psychonauts is like the, 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 the jewel of everything they've ever done. So I couldn't wait for that. Um, however, the the total shit staying on this whole Microsoft presentation was they, they show Battletoads. Mm. And it looks like Pico from Newgrounds, from when you were in the fifth grade. <laughs> uh, me and Bert were just talking about how that, yeah, how how like oh, it's like, man, Battletoads is awesome, but why does it look like a bad Flash game? It looks like they're parodying it in Metalocalypse yeah. and ma- and editing it in Flash. I and- I was at a buddy's house yesterday, and I was watching some brand new, like one of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons, and I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? And it's exactly what I said when I saw Battletoads. Like yeah, that. it's a. Uh, I think that that I think that went over like a I don't know, that that was a fucking steam and turd in the mm-hmm. bottom of the bowl on that one. But everything else is cool. Microsoft their their uh, their presentation was the first one out of all the E three conferences that really kind of excited me. Yeah, because EA was total shit. They just they had two games and then they talked about a bunch of bullshit for. Yeah, is there, we'll, um, is there any we'll other definitely touch on that. Cool Microsoft highlights. Yeah, let's let's yeah we can wrap that up. Cool. Okay. Um. So I guess the only the other big one that, that I wanted to talk about was uh, Nintendo. I'm a a massive. I feel like this one can annoying... go on. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be pretty quick uh, because I think this is the conference that has the most good stuff to talk about. Honestly, overall, and this is what the one conference showed lots of game actual gameplay uh, in their trailers mm-hmm. and everything. But um, I I guess uh, we'll just I'll just kind of go down this list that I have in front of me because I can't remember the order that they presented everything but I oh yeah they opened with the the smash announcement for the luminary from Dragon Quest 11 right mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. uh a lot of people were talking that it was going to be Erdrick um from some of the older Dragon Quest games and you know I thought it was cool that they that they're giving that they're giving you every major Dragon Quest hero um, and just giving you alternate it's costumes. Awesome. I don't think they're Echo Fighters. Um, I think it's a super cool, but not like surprising callback to the whole series. And I'm, I was, I played through Dragon Quest Eleven on PS4, so I was pretty excited about that. Obviously, it pales in comparison to the Banjo Kazooie announcement, the Banjo Kazooie uh, reveal for Smash, where they parody 
the King K. Rule announcement. I thought it was incredible. All, um, I think oh, it's just like that. The ba- the Banjo Kazooie announcement. I actually screamed and jumped and was like going all going crazy Did on you that. Scream one. and jump twice when the Duck Hunt came up. Dude, I, I the Duck I Hunt laughed. thing came I up like, and I was oh like, this God. is. I was like, this is an incredible troll. Yeah. Nintendo is is bad human beings they right did, now, but um. Like, all the animations of Banjo and Kazooie look super true to the original games. Here's the one thing. When Kirby copies Banjo Kazooie, what the fuck is Kirby going to look like? Is he just going to grow a bird out of his back? Like, is he going to have some weird cancerous bird growth? What if it's a Kirby bird? (laughs) Dude, if if it's a Kirby bird, I will throw my Switch into a pool. Immediately. That's funny. But, you know, that that was... What are the odds you actually do that? Uh, if this actual Switch revision comes out and they make, like, you know, a super hyper Switch or whatever, fucking one out of eight, <laughs> honestly. <All right. laughs> you know? So we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure see. that out when, when, if and when that happens. But um, I guess, I don't know. Maybe a one out of ten because I would lose my Splatoon 2 save. Oh, you can't cloud you save that. Um, but the, both, those were obviously both really big parts of um, other presentation that I thought were awesome. Some other games, Luigi's Mansion three. Oh, I think this yeah. trailer, yes, dude. Dude, this trailer I think turned I a lot so of people around. About that. On it, they sh- this is like one of the first real gameplay trailers we saw of the whole fucking E three, and it's yeah. on the last day of conferences. Um, the game looks great. I think it's a smart decision to still kind of give it this level based progression unlike mm-hmm. the uh, just the full open mansion of the first game just because it's still on like a portable system and i think giving it this level based progression makes it easier to play portably um so That's i appreciate that they kind of revealed that there's so still going to be portugos who the fuck is eating potato chips with their headset inside of the bag right now i'm opening airhead sorry <laughs> okay it's <What>? fine <laughs> This is an insane sound. This sounds like that bag of sun chips that was biodegradable and that they had to cancel because it was too loud and people couldn't hear American Idol when they ate ate them. Um, but Luigi's Mansion Three, I think Louis. You know, I bought a, I got a GameCube on launch. I got Luigi's Mansion Day One. Perfect it's a, an incredibly nostalgic mm-hmm. game for me. Um, the second I, one's I, also I, really good too. Have okay. Three DS. He, here's why you 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 guys need to go to Japan because. They remade the second game as a light gun game in Japan, and you use the Polter, uh, the Poltergeist three thousand as your light gun. Oh wow! And you just go through the exact same game. Is and it like an arcade? It's like a rail shooter. Okay. It's hilarious, but and the, it the machine the is like this crazy or... bus thing that you sit in. Yeah. Okay. Arcade. It's so stupid. Um, but I and I watched some more gameplay. I think Gooigi is just really inviting some really bad Gooigi Bowsette fan fiction. Uh, I'm, I'm, that's I'm, going to be disgusting, but I thought that was a hilarious reveal. I, I hope wait. Gooigi's edible. I hope you can eat him. <laughs> um, Dude, go to Japan. But yeah, honestly, yeah. But I think that's probably <laughs> that. That's that really excited me. Um, what else we got? Zelda: Link's Awakening. You know, obviously everyone already knew about this game. Um, I thought it was super. the The big thing that you got out of this was that you're going to be able to create your own dungeons. Yeah, dungeon editor. People have been kind of clamoring for the like it's a, not, a zelda maker and it's, it's not the not, same thing it's not as in-depth as i would i'm not gonna jump to the praise of it because it doesn't sound that great from what they described but mm-hmm. it is a neat and in a direction you know it's i think a it's a cool test of uh 
Did like, you hear? Did you hear how they're gonna do it? Uh, not really. Cause I didn't get to see a lot of treehouse stuff. Okay, so um, basically, what I read was once you complete a dungeon inside the game, the each each little screen, you know, when you go to a different dungeon, you have yeah. little screens and shit. I uh, forget what they're called, but they said those are gonna be chambers, and you unlock these chambers. Each room in the dungeon that you complete, each room's chamber you unlock, and you're gonna be able to piece them together with other dungeons' chambers. I think that's want. interesting. That that's a cool idea. Sure, it's a die idea, but like it's not bad. No, I don't. That's the thing. Like, is the I, dungeon I, editor that we all wanted. That. Well, that that's the thing. Is I think like, I think you. I don't think you can compare this to Super Mario Maker. You know what I mean? Where right. Super Mario Maker, like the whole idea of the game is infinite. Did they cust- say other people are going to be able to play your dungeons in Link's Awakening? Yeah. Okay, that that that's cool. Yeah, that is, it's going to be shareable. I'm I'm sure it it will be some archaic way of sharing the dungeons through a hor- some horrible friend code bullshit. Because that that's hate. where you'll, Mario Maker really excels. Is, yeah, and so I I know you'll yeah. you'll be able to do that. And I think this will be an interesting idea to test how how that work out. Obviously, you know it'd be cool if you could play do your own enemy placement, your own bosses, and everything like that. But I think this is Traps, a cool first step. In addition to the fact that like it's just a nice added bonus to make. Because this is, they're charging $60 for the remake of this Game Boy game. So they had to throw something like this in. This Imagine if it pulled a Secret of Mana. How do you mean? Uh, the Secret of Mana remake uh, in the same kind of vein was absolute shit. And it oh, yeah. Really, for, oh, I really forgot. Cool I heard about reception. that. So I'm really scared because Link's Awakening is a fantastic fucking game. I think. And I just, because, I mean, they're, it's a serious art design like change. And, um,. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's not bubbly and fucking different to the I do, I don't think the art design is that different. I think when you look at when you when you A B the it's Game Boy fucking Game Boy. I mean but I'm saying like <laughs> but but when you A B how the sprites look compared like how the Game Boy sprites look to how they look in this game. Yeah, it was a I different think, story with Secret of Man. I'll get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with the with Secret of Man it's a totally different thing. I think with this it it keeps an, the idea of the original art style there. You know? Yeah. Um, like I don't mind how Link looks. I I like you know, but I also love Wind Wind Waker. I love the cartoony look in there. So this shit looks cool to me. It just looks like a bunch of toys. I'm into that. Um, but I'm I'm excited for this game. I'm not ha- happy about it being sixty bucks instead of forty bucks. But I'm gonna spend the money. I'm gonna be annoyed about it. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah, um, I bought Breath of the Wild three times. Fair. I actually. So that's something I wanted to hit on was Breath of the Wild. So obviously we got the idea of. We got the announcement of a Breath of the Wild sequel. It's not we don't know what it's called yet. There's no title, but the trailer coming off is like a straight up horror movie trailer. Belch of the Wild. <laughs> uh, what did you say? Belch of the Wild. Belch of the Wild is sick. <laughs> Stomach of acid the of the wild. Um, Gird of the Wild. <laughs> this I you know, I bought Breath of the Wild. I played six hours of it and stopped. I didn't care. I didn't like it. Watching this trailer made me go like I have to go restart this game. And, and how do you I feel? Ha- because the the trailer was so cool to me. I'm I'm still not that far into the game. I'm maybe like three hours in. Have you gotten off the plateau? I'm off the plateau, and I'm uh, oh god, what's the the town you go to where you meet the old lady who kind it's of like sends you off on your quest? Kakariko, is it? Yeah. Kakariko. Yeah, I'm I, I just walked that into town. that town and did the shrine that's on the edge of the town. And yeah. uh, as soon as we get off, I'm gonna go play for like an hour before I, I love it. Hit the sack, but I mean. This trailer made me feel like I had, like I need to be a part of this when this comes out because it looks like a cool dark take on it. Uh, Zelda- yeah, what's funny uh, about that? What's up? 
that's the reason I got into Metal Gear Solid. I got into Metal Gear Solid really late. I had the demo disc of Metal Gear Solid 2. I want to say it came with like Zone of the Enders or something on PS2. Mm -hmm. And I just never got into um, uh, Metal Gear Solid because it just wasn't my thing at the time. I was much more into RPGs and shit back then. But uh, the graveyard scene in Metal Gear Solid 4... Like, just that scene, seeing Big Boss and uh, Snake, like, staring each other down and shit. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. But I was like, I want to be a part of this, and I want to I wanna know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. That's and how it's holy, working with for Death Stranding with everybody. Because everyone was sold on Death Stranding without having any idea of, like, if the game's going to be good. That, that, there is a chance that game will be a package delivery simulator. And it will still be, the, like, one, like, a cultural phenomenon in video mm -hmm. games. Yeah. Just off of what you're saying. Um... But, but yeah, Breath of the Wild. I think it's. I think this is a cool thing. I I love the idea of going with a much darker take on the same area, especially if they're going to use a lot of like similar assets in the same. hundred percent vibe the for the world. Perfect. The game's um, perfect. Just give us more of it. Yeah, so I think that's gonna be awesome. I I love the idea of maybe being able to do co-op with with Zelda there. Oh, I didn't um, think about that. You know, obviously none of that's been confirmed yet, but like speculation. The trailer, like, kind of you, you, it. I think you would be a fool to not at least get the idea of that from the trailer. I'm um, a fool then. But yeah, what else we got things. in here? We got Super Mario Maker Two, which we already knew about, but it's launching soon. Uh, that was gonna be great. Astral Chain they showed. I'm not like that a looks. Mass that looks fucking sick. It looks sick. I'm not a massive Platinum Games fan, but I love that game Vanquish that they did. Oh, that's the best yeah. one, dude. It's a, that's the, yeah, yeah, that's a great game. That game, even, though, even Rising, though it's super really short. Fun. Yeah, it's. I think very, it's one of the best uh, games to have like a lot of momentum. Very under the, the radar. Yeah, because that's one of those games you could probably go pick up up anywhere for like two to three bucks. Yeah, I'm pretty that sure is. I bought my copy on PS3 for like eight dollars. That's a game where, if if they continue to remaster that game as console generations go, I would probably buy that game every time. Oh, yeah. I thought it was cool. And even though the story is just complete, like, is it, it's so bad. It's so bad in, like, the funniest, like, most exaggerated way. I love it. It's, that it's almost, yeah. like, feels like you're watching, like, uh, Fully Cooley on, like, uh, like, Adult Swim years ago with, like, the same amount of just, like, absurdity. Um, but I think this game, like, uh, even though, obviously, like, I haven't done, like, a deep dive into all the different information about this game, but what I've seen from the combat is enough for, to sell it for me. I'm super excited for it. Um, what else did they have? Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I know Hosey That's and, what everybody was really excited about. Yeah. Like, as far as Marvel games, they were like, fuck the Square Enix. That's game. what I was saying. I was like, this is, this is like, the Marvel game for me right now. And I think I've seen some people say it doesn't look that great. The combat looks kind of janky, but to me, I'm... I, the cast of characters is really good. I know that there's some worry about there being DLC, but I think you're going to get a massive bit of characters on the cart, and then I think the DL the DLC stuff is going to be like just icing on the cake because the DLC is like Fantastic Four stuff, which we probably won't get until pretty late. '90s X-Men, um, that's cool, and then like Marvel Knights, which is a really small roster of characters in general from a very specific time frame so it's i don't think it's going to be that many characters i read um, i heard that um the the base games and they have 30 30 characters to pick from in the beginning and i mean to me that's cool yeah that's cool i can i can i can work with that for sure i don't think the original games had that much more but i think uh the to me the combat looks good 
Um, obviously, like we talked about earlier, I'm a total fucking like I like I I love the Marvel stuff so much. Um, a lot of the comics that I buy every week are, are Marvel stuff, even though Marvel's not that great right now. Um, so I there's no way I'm not going to buy this game the day it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be the whole tour like it it'll come out right before we go in Summer of Fear, Hosian. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I will be stuck playing this the whole time. Okay. Um, what else do they have in here? They talked about uh, Cadence of Hyrule, the Crypt of the Necrodancer mixed with Zelda yeah, thing, which really a lot of people thought was going to come out right after the Direct, and they ended up doing it a couple of days later because they were already uh, dropping a bunch of other stuff that day. But right. I haven't checked this out yet, but Crypt of the Necrodancer is on sale right now for like 5 bucks instead of the 20 that it normally costs, and I've been playing that. And I really, really like the combat. I really like how the whole game works as far as a roguelike. It is not easy because of because it's a roguelike with ri- like with the rhythm game in it. Yeah. And so you have to do everything on beat and like the tempo, depending on like certain squares you hit, the tempo of the music can change. You can slow down. There's all these different like you have to really study the different pat kind of like Dark Souls. You have to study the patterns of how every how every different enemy attacks. Did you just call this the Dark Souls of Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't say that at all. The Dark okay. Souls of rhythm games. God damn it. <laughs> that 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 would there actually be the last Guitar Hero where they put two rows of buttons. That's the that's the Dark Souls of rhythm games. That that shit should fucking be that shit should be Thanos snapped out of history. Um, but what? So I think that's cool. I think it's kind of a bummer that the Cadence is in. It's a twenty five dollar game, but God, because it's procedurally generated. Ideally, you would get a lot of uh, playtime out of it. You get a lot of replay. So I think it's interesting. Here's one thing I wanted to talk about. So Fire Emblem Three Houses comes out like next month or pretty soon. There, no one's seen any gameplay of it. They've only talked about the story. I think that's a little suspect. But there's this guy I follow on Twitter, and he was saying that Fire Emblem Three Houses is going to have the biggest plot twist in games since Metal Gear Solid Two. And this is what he said. He said, okay. because everyone thinks the whole game takes place in a school. But the game, it doesn't. There's like, you at some point they leave the school. And that's the plot twist. Persona 5. And I think that, and I think that guy <laughs> is on meth. <laughs> I think that guy has meth mouth, for sure. Because how does that remotely compare to just an hour into the game saying, fuck you, you play as this like naked pretty boy ninja the rest of the game? Honestly, I I lost track of the Fire Emblem games releases. I feel like they come out so frequently, and I know that's not the case. But well, they did put they put a ton of stuff out on a on the 3ds. They're really pushing the Fire Emblem out in the Western markets, which is yeah kind of what they were trying to do with Monster Hunter. Yeah, it's cool. I I think okay. it, I think I think these games finally um like like uh, created a spark here and like north america and stuff so do you think the smash brothers uh characters involvement had a lot to do with it i think oh, i think i think anything that is in smash bros turns out to be a big thing eventually i mean yeah it yeah. gets a boost no matter what it's like it's like bayonetta as well bayonetta, bayonetta fucking was already pit. really huge but yeah dude i i, I got people because at my job like customers come in and i um actually this was recently a, a customer bought Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 and he was like I saw that he was in this new Smash Brothers game and I just wanted to play the games he came from so that even has an effect on like non 
like Nintendo licensed things. So it's like yeah, cool. for sure. Smash Brothers, like I think that's why the Banjo Kazooie thing is so cool because it's like that's going to revitalize interest in that brand in general. And you know, obviously, it's like a bit of a pipe dream, but hopefully, that means we'll get. Like, well, we might get a new banjo. Yeah, maybe get a banjo three. Um, I and, mean, and, I mean, you know, Capcom, or, decided... or they'll just remaster nuts and bolts, and we'll get cars, baby. <laughs> Capcom felt like making a um, a new Mega Man game out of nowhere, and I know, and and I'm not, yeah, I know that Smash had something to do with it. Let's not. No, there's yeah, there's no way it doesn't that it didn't have something to do yeah. with it. Um, let's see what else we had in Nintendo. We got. The Dragon Quest S, the the cool thing about this Dragon Quest Eleven S uh, remaster, or it's not even a remaster; it's just the same game. Is initially in Japan they put out the PS4 version of Dragon Quest Eleven, and then the 3DS version. And the 3DS version had um, 8-bit graphics, uh, like an old Nintendo RPG, and then it had graphics that looked like like 3D graphics that looked like all the DS and 3DS remakes they have been doing of other Dragon Quest games. And you could bounce between the two, and you could also use this insane password system to bounce your save from uh, the DS or the 3DS game to the PS4 game. And now they're basically putting all of that onto one cartridge for this game. So you'll be able to bounce between the, uh, the you know, the current generation graphics and the 8-bit Nintendo graphics. So I've already gotten through Dragon Quest Eleven. I'm, I'm almost completely through it on my PS4. So I could see myself buying this just to replay it with the that eight bit style. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not for a while, but I thought that was cool that they finally brought that over here because that whole I thought it was insane that they essentially made three versions of that game for Japan and put them all at once. But Dragon Quest in Japan is obviously like that's an ins- that that's that trumps like Final Fantasy there, you know? Right. Um, they, we got Dragon Quest Builders two. No more Heroes three. They said that uh, Travis Strikes Again, they were putting that out to test the waters on if they wanted to put out, if they could afford to put out a No More Heroes 3. Turns out that was a lie. They were just making No More Heroes 3 already. Um, I know for some people this is like a legendary series. I think that's cool. I just got the first game the other day in a big lot of like Wii and Wii U stuff that I bought. Uh So I'm going to try it, but I don't know if... uh, I'm not like that excited, but I don't think. Does anyone here care about the No More Hero stuff? I definitely do not care. It. it looks cool, but I just. Um, I lo- I love everything I know about. It, I love all the ideas that I've heard about, but I just. I've never don't cared know. enough to like go. All right, I'm gonna sit down with this. But yeah, same. maybe one day. Like I I I don't close the door on it. I'm just kind of like okay, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that was all like the real major stuff. Let's talk about the. Uh, I think it's cool that Nintendo is has like to do like double duty when it comes to like their conferences because not only do they have to show new stuff but they yeah, also we lost you Hosey. Oh, no, say that again say that oh again. sorry i said i think it's cool that uh nintendo is able to pull off their double duty thing basically being like here's a bunch of new games for the switch and here's a bunch of stuff we're bringing to the switch that exists already kind of like the resident evil 5 and 6 thing like they are all and the the other big one for me was the witcher 3 actually going to be on the switch yeah that that was another thing i wanted to talk about and some of like the more third party stuff was getting the witcher 3 Super even though the graphics do not witcher look 3. good yeah, I was, um, I was like wow awesome. so i was like is is, is there going to be a switch <laughs> landscape or something and then it was witcher 3 yeah, I mean, and y'all confirmed that, you know, uh, like Dark Souls and certain games like Doom 
uh, those were all games that didn't look near as good on anything else, but at the same time was amazing just to have with you and stuff. I mean, yeah, when you're playing on that small screen, you like like playing Doom, playing through the entirety of Doom's campaign on a plane was like transcendent for me. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, when you think about the moment, otherwise you're that, that flight would have been total fucking chaos. Yeah, when you think about that moment, you're playing the game and like I'm playing Dark Souls right now on tour in a in a van. Like like that is already awesome like it does i don't care how it looks necessarily as much anymore oh yeah if it looks like if it looks like it'll look good enough yeah. on like a small 720 20p screen looks totally fine yeah. um, um not yeah. the same thing but like when i was doing final fantasy 9 on an airplane like everybody was kind of putting it in perspective they were like dude think about like you know back in like 1998 or 1999 or whatever and like just think about one day you're going to be able to play this like on a fucking plane somewhere like nine ten year old Bert would have never fucking thought of that and it's it really is an insane like magical thing that i don't even think about but yeah, yeah. not even just i mean fuck having the witcher 3 like be that portable or dark souls or something is insane yeah um tom uh, can you uh, talk uh, about the most exciting thing that nintendo announced uh, as far as what i would think the most exci- uh let's see Oh yeah, obviously ukulele in the impossible lair. <laughs> this is uh, oh, God. uh for 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 people that don't know, uh Hosian uh was when they did the ukulele Kickstarter, um I can't remember what the the top tier um amount of money you could donate was, but Hosian took out donated a lot of blood to be able to afford this. <laughs> and um you know, he's got the cool collector's edition, he's probably credited as an executive producer on the game. And uh, but he neck. he had some weird conversations with the guys at Platonic, so they took the drop shadow out of the game, uh, of the original ukulele at Hosian's request. I'm the reason why ukulele co- is not a good game. Yeah, ho- they they took John trying out and they put Hosian in instead, uh-huh. and that that was where the real controversy of the game. Let me came let me from. let me say one thing before I go to the actual game. Fuck yeah. ukulele, that game is trash. That's okay. fair. Anyways, I'm talking about Animal Crossing. No, yeah, that's I, I. That's what I really wanted to get to because I realized that I skipped over it. Um, oh my god, I was Animal Crossing at every... fucking Island Bonanza, dude. dude. Tom Nook is still fucking you amazing. on taxes. It's gonna be a great. I think game. I think Tom Nook is is fucking you on everything now. I think he's making you pay for even your neighbors' houses. Tom, dude, Nook yeah, because you build the town now more than the villager. Dude, yeah, Tom, Tom Nook should. <laughs> Tom Nook should be a support trophy that literally just disconnects your TV because it says you haven't paid your power bill. What if in the Death Stranding, Psycho Mantis comes in, but it's not Psycho Mantis, it's Tom Nook? Dude, no, it's, it's, it's Tom Nook will be the die harder guy or whoever it is that's in the Death Stranding trailer. I, I think Animal Crossing New Horizons is going to be amazing. Everything they showed is all stuff I was just super ecstatic about. So I, It's like we're all, we're all getting on like a fucking like we're all getting on i don't even know what the fuck i'm saying anymore we're all on a roll making jokes and shit like that and then hosion comes in like reading his script like trying to get back to what he wanted to say oh well i mean well animal crossing is just as serious as a game as death stranding so i'm trying that's like i totally understand uh, that that (laughs) sounds so crazy but i totally get that because like these are they're obviously like opposites in how they play and everything but this game is like People don't who don't Except play. Except there's animal... been a hundred Animal Crossings, and we all know what we're gonna get. Yeah, but that's the thing is people don't understand that haven't played these games really don't understand how addicting Animal Crossing is. People know what Animal Crossing. No, is. No, I I know that, bro. I'm not saying that these people are fucking like stupid. I'm saying that like, like, 
these games are like a, a thing for people like culturally this is like the best like the same okay you know how people are like i love stardew valley because i love just I, when i can zone out and i can just plant some i plant some fucking potatoes man yeah and I just love going home after a long day of work and putting some fucking potatoes in the ground. Like, Animal Crossing is the same same thing. And on paper, it might sound comp- like like just this horrible, weird simulator game. But the presentation is so so good and so funny. Yes, I've, I know, I know. Bert, did I just did I just offend you? No, I, I feel like this is all directed at me though. No, it's definitely not directed at you. Okay. I'm just saying that like Burst, with versus versus like, Matt Marcus husbands. Phoenix is not in the game. Right? Oh, yeah. So if, when Animal Crossing has a third-person cover-based combat. Gears 5, Dom's wife is actually Tom Nook. <laughs> buy the, the giant spider from Gears God, 1 ends it. up being a pet. Is an so, Tom Nook. so now that uh, now that there's going to be auto-saving in Animal Crossing, does that mean Rossetti has to find a new job? Dude, yeah. There, there was like a Hard Times style article about Nintendo firing Rossetti. Me, yeah. Um, but this game is not going to have cloud saves, apparently. that's This is going to be another th- one of those things where people are going to put hours and hours and hours and hours in, into this game, and then they'll never... Like, if they lose their Switch they or break their Switch, they'll never get this uh, that progression back. Mm-hmm. Which I think is... A, I think it's super strange that... Because they're, like... Nintendo limits what they do with cross-saving... With cross-saves to try to eliminate, like, save scumming and cheating... But I'm like, it's it's Animal Crossing. It's it's just you building. It's it's you relaxing on a Thursday building a town. Who cares? Or wait until it's raining and fishing for the fish you can sell for thirty thousand things. That's fair. You're right. Um, what if Rossetti went into the sex worker business? <laughs> That's the only work he could get. I will like I will definitely subscribe to that premium snap, dude. No, I'm talking about he's he's digging some holes. Yo, this He's is digging in there. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I almost uh, skipped over this whole thing because this is obviously like also just them delaying this. We game. skipped over some shit, dude. We uh, skipped just, over some major. Just some shit. quick things, real quick. We know we forgot Keanu, Elden Ring, Dying Light Two, the Dark Crystal thing, which I think is going to be an awful game. Oh, I was about to touch cool on the Dark Crystal to, thing um, that no one needed. Ne- yeah, give people some exposure well, to the greatness that is Dark Crystal in the new Netflix series coming out on August thirty first. Um. Yeah, I wanted to touch upon. I wanted to touch upon all this stuff like after we finish these press conferences. Oh. Let's, Bane, just, let's just get kind of gonna probably be awful, but <laughs> let's just jump into this. Not... Let's let's talk about the Keanu thing real quick because I didn't realize that he's playing. Like I didn't even know that Cyberpunk. These games have been a, some kind of a series. Like this isn't the first Cyberpunk game, and he's playing some like well-known character from this, possibly a, a dead hologram version of this character. But I thought the reveal was like I was like this is just ridiculous so stupid so awesome and he come and seeing him come out in that moment where that guy's like Keanu's just talking and the dude just goes you're breathtaking you're and you can just see Keanu like Bill and Ted Keanu go like whoa I can't believe he just I'm breathtaking and he just seems so happy to be called breathtaking he was having so much fun up there dude he was having he, he had so it. much fun just screaming for a yeah. minute and a half I mean and then they they they're giving a copy of the game to the guy that said I saw that. That's so awesome. Which is weird because that's just gonna like force people to heckle more. I think. Yeah, for that's sure. The last thing we need, but yeah. Um, one thing that I found out about Keanu Reeves' role in the game yesterday was, uh, a lot of people, including me, are just like, hmm, that's kind of funny. They put him in the game now with all the Keanu Reeves like 
hype going around, but apparently he has yeah. the second most dialogue to next to your character. Man, that's a lot of money. So yeah, I I'm assuming he's been in the works for he's since, your Cortana since the beginning. Whatever the, I can't remember the name of the character he's playing, but whoever it is, he's like one of the most important characters in that franchise. His How name is like, his name is like Johnny something. Yeah, it's Johnny fucking like Johnny like, Tsunami. Clementine Honestly, that's not that Johnny far off, Wick. You know? <laughs> it's Johnny Yo, how wild would I think it's Johnny Wick, if, like, Wicket? If like the part in like the that. game comes around, <laughs> the part in the game comes around where he kneels down and like picks you up or whatever, uh, they pan to Keanu, but it's really Tom Nook. <laughs> Tom Nook is in every game, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Animal Crossing is the Dark Souls of like Nintendo franchises. Yeah. Animal Crossing <laughs> is the Dark Souls of Hideo Kojima games. Said by Hoseon himself. There you go. <laughs> this game is just as important. Um, what are some of the other quick hits? I didn't realize until the other day that uh, uh the George R. R. Martin game. What, what was it called? Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Oh, that that's that's a From Software game, so and so I think like... that's that's super interesting. So we know Tom isn't going to buy that one. So yeah. I mean, yeah, you know that you know that I like I'll love it from afar. For the, yeah. the episode that no one will ever hear is we'll talk definitely... about getting all of our opinions out on it, but then Tom won't play it enough to have an opinion on it. Hey man, if it the wasn't for my R, it was it, it's if it wasn't for my R two button breaking, that's the yeah. excuse I'll use. God forbid. Yeah, I, I think From Software is officially my company that I'm, cause I'm apprehensive about everything. I think every game's gonna fucking suck until it comes out. I think From Software is the only company right now that I legitimately feel safe that I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of their product, and I think Sekiro is what solidified that for me because I was scared, and then I played it, and then I thought it was. I always thought it was sh more shit than I thought it would be, and then I played a little more, and I realized this is fucking genius, and I trust them now. Like even as someone who's not super into all like the like to like Soulsborne games or whatever, the like just the idea that not only did that company essentially create and perfect a genre, oh like almost immediately that they've continued to push that genre without right. it getting stale, a and lot. they ha they haven't missed. Yeah, like they like they 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 just keep batting at a hundred the entire time. That's that's an insane track record. I mean, and, and they keep getting better somehow. Like Dark Souls one, okay, Demon Souls, Dark Souls one and two. Then Bloodborne comes out, and Bloodborne is fucking phenomenal. It's perfect. And then Dark Souls three comes out, and like that might have not been as complete and whole of a game as Bloodborne, but I personally feel like Dark Souls three was the most complete and perfected Dark Souls experience. Mm -hmm. And then Sekiro comes out and. There's plenty of arguments that can say Sekiro has been their best game yet. So holy fuck, dude! They're they're just they haven't stopped. But that's things they'll probably keep getting better and better, and they're doing. I think it's they're handling it really well by not re really reinventing the combat anymore, right. yeah. or keeping the keeping the same gameplay mechanics, but just giving you completely new lore and presentation to deal with every time. Almost yeah. just like they're putting out expansions, you know. Um, but I think I think that's like a great idea, and because of that, like as long as you just love the grind that these games have, they're never going to disappoint you. I think um, uh, one thing to note is, I think the George R. R. Martin collaboration is going to bring in a bunch of people who probably also never really played video games that much. Oh yeah, it's going to bring some like massive games of throne people that are just going to like game hard, delete, you know. <laughs> or this yeah. might be the one that isn't hard. Who knows? Maybe that that would be interesting to see. Even 
like I don't really want them to do this, but I would be interested to see them try to make a casual version of this. No kind matter of game what they do, and just see what it no is. No matter what they do, they, just because of their reputation now, if even if they did a different game, people will compare it like difficulty. I don't yeah. believe that because they did a VR game, and I don't think people mentioned they did a or VR compared game? it to anything. That's how for like insane. a PlayStation Four. Yeah. I did not know that. Stand by, y'all talk about something else. Um. Well, what was something? Uh, I want to talk about the Dark um, Crystal thing. Do people care about uh, just... initial release date November 6, twenty eighteen? or some Derechin, uh is a virtual reality adventure game developed by From Software. The game was released. Uh, players take a role as a fairy and an isolated boarding school who attempts Sick. to solve a mystery. Completely different fucking game. Nobody compared it to Dark Souls. I think nobody has VR. And That's nobody thrilling. knew about the game. <laughs> I'm about to say, no one knew about the game. P- uh, PSVR did not hit that It hard. sold 3,000 copies in its first week. Okay. Yeah, let, exactly. Let, <laughs> we have to talk about anything else. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Yes! Looks uh, so fucking good. Wow. I, mean, well, I, mean, I hope go this ahead. is good because the last time they tried to do something like this was Dragon Ball Z Sagas. Yeah. And that <laughs> so that, that game on the is... Game Boy Color? No, th- that was on a like Xbox and shit. GameCube, Xbox, yeah. PS2, and it was fucking that. toilet music. Dude. Um, so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm I'm excited just to see uh, if they can actually nail it this time. I've been reading Dragon Ball Z manga lately. I am almost done with the first book, and I'm just like I'm I'm in Dragon Ball Z mode right now. So I'm kind of like, yeah, let's see. We're in the up. zone. Yeah, I'm I'm like. I'm reading You're it in every the day. Gohan chair. I am Gohan. <laughs> um, so that looks cool. Can we uh, talk about? Here, let me let me ask this. Let me ask this. Um, I personally believe games are a lot less memorable, or like I'll have a lot less of an impact on like people's experiences to look back and have that nostalgia factor on like the story and the uh, narrative itself. If you can create a character. And I feel like, like with a with a Dragon Ball Z game, if they add like some kind of create a character, like they did with the one just recently or whatever, like well, the, that puts the Xenoverse the games, maybe yeah, like where you create one and it takes you through the universe or whatever, it just doesn't feel the same. Like it's okay that I know everything that happens in Dragon Ball Z, but I want to play those characters. I don't want to create some weird fucker that just attaches himself. I to think whatever. I think this would be a good episode because I know a lot of people who feel the opposite who are just like, I don't want to play Geralt. I don't want to play the Witcher because I can't make my own character. This is dumb, you know? Like, And, and I understand all points of views, but I, I do think that like... And then there's people who don't like the fact that you're a character in Sekiro and they wish they could make your own like in Dark Souls. Like, So this is like... Do you, do you understand my question though? So are you saying like you you'll feel something more of a connection if you're playing like Goku in this game? I I, I meant I think the narrative itself is a lot more meaningful and impactful, maybe even emotional, if they already set up a character for you to uh control throughout their world and experience. I, mean, I agree. I, That's I, the only way you can really get control of like to actually truly plot a narrative. Right. Um, I think a creative character thing would work, but the game is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. You know, like <laughs> if anyone's I like, who you're I can't play believe I can't game. create my own Goku. It's just like, 
sit down. I, I can't play my own. I can't create my own character in the game Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. What if? What if Dragon Ball Z Kakarot? <laughs> you can either be Goku or Tom Nook. <laughs> what if in Dragon Ball Z, the character creator, you can create your own Goku? What if you can create your own Tom Nook? My Goku is blue. Oh, on, what color is your Goku? Dude, that was like in a like. It wasn't Mike Tyson's punch out, but it was like Evander Holyfield's boxing for the Sega Genesis. You could either um you could choose from all the other boxers or create or create a character, but back then create a character was take this standard fighter. He can be white, black, or red, green, or blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Outstanding game though. So I've never even heard of that. That's so, incredible. That's um it was a fantastic game. That's Dragon Ball Z but, Kakarot. Um, <laughs> what about... Uh, let's see. I, I want to make a, a separate episode for this, but um, the Fallout 76 bullshit. Let's, I didn't want to fucking talk about that right now. Yeah, I think we could do a whole <laughs> no. other episode if we wanted to on like the okay. bad of of this year because let's, there was a lot of bad. Let's, like, talk, let's, you know. let's say one thing here. Let's talk about um, Konami's big reveal. It, was it Metal Gear? What fucking Contra? <laughs> Did you guys Contra where you play as a panda? <laughs> Metal Gear Battle Royale. Did you guys not um see what they um, just say it? What they announced? Besides the Contra thing. What are you okay? What are you talking about? They announced a remake of their um, uh, a mini of one of their old fucking consoles or whatever. Konami? Um, they never had any consoles. What are you talking about? Fuck, I'm trying to find the exact name. The Com- Com- Commodore? Commodore? Hold on. I might, I might have not even got the... Hello. Sega mini console. You're fine. Here, hold on one second, guys. The Their Turbo Graphics mini retro console. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, they they had talked about it being the, their big announcement, and it was just like, we're going to release a console with uh, Dungeon Explorer and Alien Crush. Yep. And, uh, oh, Jesus, I didn't know Konami was doing this. Okay, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the lineup right now. Um, the Japanese version will have Bonk's Adventure. Oh, cool, now cool. you don't have to pay $7,000 to play it. Yeah, honestly. Um, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm pretty out of like the mini console trends at this point, like... That stuff's all cool. That's funny. Yeah, uh, I'll just emulate it. I don't care. Yeah, we're gonna have X- many Xbox One and many PS4 before we know yeah. it. So, where but, do we stop? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that was all the big hits. The only other thing that I, oh, can... I was talking about the mini consoles, but yeah, we can wrap this up too because yeah. we're pushing into two episodes just here as it is. Yeah, the only the last thing I wanted to touch on was just. Uh, you know, the Bethesda, obviously we if said you're still minutes. listening, holy fuck. If you're still listening, then uh, you're you're fucking brave. I think But the Bethesda thing was a... Uh, Bethesda had a pretty abysmal com- conference, but Doom Eternal yeah, Doom is going to be the game that saves Earth from Donald Trump. This game is like... I think this is like... Doom uh, 2016 is, to me, a perfect video game. I think this is going to be just as good. I'll buy it for PS4. Uh, if I'm trying to build a PC this year, I'll buy it for PC. I'll end up buying it for. I'll probably buy this game three times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I think the combat in these games is so fucking good. And anyone anyone who doesn't like this game needs to be deleted from the fucking <laughs> universe. Okay, so Tom likes uh, Tom likes Doom. I yeah. fucking love ripping people in half while essentially like industrial mashuga plays in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yo, uh, Killing Floor was sick for that reason. But I think uh oh wait, I think I'm um, ready to... let's talk about one more thing. I just want to mention it like a quick Jesus. honorable mention: uh, the Ghostwire Tokyo game. Uh, I kind of forgot about that completely. I'm ex- I'm I'm intrigued. Cinematic. I'm intrigued. Yeah, they showed somebody wearing a Hanya mask. Oh, that's why I like it. <laughs> that's why. That's what they wanted. They got me. But we'll see. I wonder if I wonder if that's Tom Nook behind the mask. It's all Tom it Nook, dude. Definitely is. <laughs> Might be Keanu Reeves. I guess like the reason I see that is and think like uh, bah, bah humbug is just because we know shit about it. And all they showed, they they showed such like I don't care until you either explain what it's about or what it is or something else. And right, you know, yeah. it is worth noting. Hey, I'm 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 gonna keep an eye on that one because it's like a new IP. And I was saying before, I'm like, even if it's something dumb, I'm like, let me see what they're gonna do with this. Oh no, yeah, you should definitely keep an eye on it. So. Yeah, cool. Well, guys, I think uh, we covered about as much as we can. Uh, my dog's sitting behind me right now, literally crying because I won't let it go to sleep. So, uh, I guess we should wrap this up. To everyone who's listening, to hopefully the hundreds of people that started at the beginning, to the seven people uh, that are listening right now at the very end. Uh, thanks like for checking out the. Royale. Thanks for checking out this first episode. Shut the fuck. Uh, <laughs> I hope we'll do a lot more. Um, hope I, the goal is definitely to get as many of our friends on this as we can do a lot like we got a lot of i think we have a lot of interesting people that we can talk to um and get some cool conversation going about games or at least some like absolutely horrible meme humor uh broadcasted out into the universe so thanks a lot to everybody does anybody else uh want to have anything to say before we log off yeah before hoseon gets his two cents in what tom is trying to um to cap off what he's trying to say uh, we're we're starting like a few different things going on here. We're obviously going to have guest speakers on the podcast and constantly have people in and out talking about their point of view of things. Um, we want to keep hearing from you guys on your critiquing on the podcast, what we need to shut the hell up about, what we need, what y'all would rather hear us talk about, or some of the things y'all would rather, some of the different angles y'all want us to hear us say. But we are we are starting a Twitch channel up. It's twitch.tv slash espionagevr. Um, go follow it, turn on notifications, and that way we'll be uh, streaming a lot of games. Each of uh, us three and different people are going to be playing together. Or when we do a podcast recording like we're doing now, we're going to be streaming that. And that can be a good way to get your comments and input in live and if it's relevant and if it's something we're not really hitting on or noting then we'll include your comment and your input and see how everybody interacts with that um so just certain things to kind of uh get everybody involved because the main goal of espionage.vr in itself is to interact with each other and get a big community going on how you guys feel about games like what i love about what hoseon started is there's so many people on Instagram and so many Twitch streamers that act like they want to be, you know, hands-on with their community and followers and everything. 
and they post a question like, hey, what do y'all think about this? And they never answer or interact with any of these people. So we want to hear from you guys. We want to be as y'all to be as much of a part of this as you know we are um hosey on yeah that pretty much Bert said everything um you know i'll be posting <clears throat> questions maybe weekly um asking what you guys want to talk <clears throat> hear us talk about and kind of going off of that even if you guys want to ask some questions to us i can we can even answer them here too if that's something people want to you know give yeah, a shot at so um I want to I want to just you know interact with as much like-minded people because like I started this and through this I met people and I've talked to people a lot online um, that are all like similar to us and just like they just want to talk about games and and all, a lot of their friends don't live in the same place as them so this is one of those places where I feel like we can all like hang out per se so um, hang out and get some that's much all I gotta feedback say. on things and. Exactly. Not this like happy go lucky everything is great and let's really talk. I, I don't know. There's I have there's such a stigma with me and most video game journalism because it doesn't make it for it doesn't tell it how it is or tell it what it, everything's really like or going on. You know. And yeah. Give I us some give us some feedback. Let us know what we're doing wrong. We are three non college educated morons. I actually get my bachelor's degree in December. Well, right now that means you're not college educated. I have an you haven't. You can't prove it yet. He still has a. I'm. Grade. I'm a certified college dropout, baby. Okay. I'm a gamer. And <laughs> he's a gamer. <laughs> so, but thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking it out. Um, hopefully you stick around. We want to. We really want to make this a cool thing for everybody involved and hear what everyone has to say. So please give us some uh, some feedback, and we'll hopefully see you guys in the next episode in a Twitch stream. So, Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Logging off. Bye. Yep. Peace.